This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and today's episode is called How to Automate Your Business Without Being a Soulless Robot. As always, I'll share a brief story before I introduce today's guest. A few weeks ago, I got an email from a guy named Nick. On the surface, the email was friendly and charming, but scratched the surface and the insincerity spilled out like toxic waste. It was automated trash. Before I share the email, you have to know a couple of things about my LinkedIn profile. First, it has a recommendation section, and the first recommendation is from a person named Beth. Second, my profile has a volunteering section, and the first, the first item listed is the Scholarship Foundation of St. Louis, whose board I serve on. Nick, or his marketing robots, pulled that stuff from my LinkedIn profile, merged it into the automated email he sent. Here's what the email said. Hey, Tom. Highly inspired by the recommendations made by Beth Pagano on LinkedIn. We help agency owners fill their calendars with five to 10 qualified lead, qualified sales meetings per month without spending money on ads. Interested in a quick call to discuss? Sign Nick. P.S. Volunteering at the Scholarship Foundation of St. Louis must be challenging. How do you maintain a good work-life balance? Do you really imagine that Nick took the time to read my LinkedIn profile and was inspired by Beth's recommendation? Do you think Nick really is interested in my work at the Scholarship Foundation and how I maintain a good work-life balance? In case you're still wondering, I sent Nick a lengthy reply about how I manage my work-life balance. He asked for it. Since since I did not say in my reply, sure, I would love to have a quick call with you, Nick. He didn't get back to me. I guess he wasn't interested in my work-life balance after all. All that stuff about my recommendations and volunteering is just inauthentic window dressing. It's impersonal robotic personalization. Details plucked from my profile, dropped into a database or spreadsheet, and merged into a mass email. I bet hundreds of people, maybe thousands, received an email from Nick with him claiming that so-and-so's recommendation inspired him. Hey, I get it. It's hard to reach out to a lot of prospects. Adding a personal touch can help, but it also can take a lot of time to do that. So it's natural to try and automate this stuff. I have nothing against automation. I use a marketing automation platform called Keep, formerly Infusionsoft. 
I couldn't run my business without it. I couldn't run this podcast without it. But I also believe in the power of real human connections. Prospects know the difference between a human and a robot, and they always will choose the human. So the challenge is this. How do you automate your marketing to achieve more in less time while keeping it human, while establishing real human connections with your prospects and clients? My guest today knows how. Michelle Nedelec has over 20 years of experience in executive coaching, working with clients ranging from eight figures to solopreneurs. Through her company, Awareness Strategies, Michelle helps clients automate their business the right way. Awareness Strategies offers Infusionsoft done-for-you marketing services and strategic consulting to maximize efficiency while building human connections. Michelle says automating doesn't have to be scary or impersonal. In fact, she says it can create more of a connection if done right, and it can free up time for you to build your business, make more money, and improve your life. I know that's true because it's happened for me. Now Michelle and I are going to discuss how it can happen for you. Michelle Nedelec, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thank you, Tom, for having me here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So automation, you are in the marketing automation business. (laughs) And some people, when they hear marketing automation, think, oh, no, no, I don't want to be a marketing automation robot. So let's elaborate on what you told me and what I quoted in, in that introduction. It doesn't have to be impersonal. Absolutely not. In fact, there are certain aspects of your business that you can automate that people want to have automated. They want to have instant access to certain things. And when you're not around and you're not available to be able to deliver those things for them, it makes it super convenient for them to be able to access you in a way that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. And you want to have those connections being absolutely personal. And you want to make sure that all of the things in your business that are creative and spontaneous and and have that joie de vivre in them are the things that are left there because you don't want a soulless business. <laughs> you don't right. want to have that just going down. You don't want to sound like all the telco commercials that go, oh, please listen to our options because they've recently changed 25 years ago. No, they haven't. <laughs> oh, I got I got caught in telco hell last night, but I won't. I won't. Oh, so I won't do, let, let's leave that for another let it go, time. Let it go. But, <laughs> but um, so, so, clients, prospects come to your website or or interact with you in some way and automation can actually serve them. Give me examples of what you mean by that. Absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of people, especially exec- executives, they're not busy going out and searching people during the day, right? They're focused on their own business, their own things that have to be done. Their client time is their gold time between nine to five in their time zone, that's when they're getting their work done. They couldn't care less about anybody that's prospecting them. But come, you know, eight o'clock or 10 o'clock at night when the kids have gone to bed and they're kind of winding down for the day and want to get rid of some things off the top of their head, that's often when they'll go to your website and go, okay, what do you got? And at that point, you're thinking, I am not answering my phone. I could not care less at this point right now. And you probably don't want me to connect with you right now. So your website has to be something that will deliver some content to them and say, hey, I'm interested in having you here. And I want to keep you intrigued because, you know, there's things that we can do together that will make your life easier. And here it is. And people are going to go, yeah, I want that. I want it now. What do you got? 
Yeah. And so what are examples of the kinds of tools that the the business person should be thinking about implementing? Are you, you talking about automated chat bots, automated uh, email marketing systems? What are some of the automations that are at play in this scenario? Absolutely. So depending on your website, if you have products and services where people are shopping for it and they want to have an answer now, I'm not interested in three hours from now. I am interested right now. Then bots are fantastic because it gives them that immediate feedback to say, yes, we're paying attention to you and we'll have a human being around in a second or here's some possible things that you're probably going to ask me. And then as soon as it goes to, yep, I, I need to go beyond a robot. I need a person. Then that kind of buys your system time to be able to get somebody available to be able to answer those questions for them. Things like, uh, it's weird, almost any cosmetic company, when people are looking for something, they're looking for it now. If mm -hmm. somebody is online looking for makeup, they're looking for it now, not tomorrow, not next week. I uh, did not know that. That's kind of bizarre. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, if they're looking for anything that you would kind of kick the tires on and go, mm, yeah, that's fine. I'll go to the next one. I'm going to check out what they have going on. Those are the kind of sites that you really want to have somebody there. Somebody's site that you wouldn't necessarily need a bot for is somebody that's, um, they're not going to go to your website anyways, unless they've talked to you first. Mm -hmm. So if they have to talk to you first, and then they're just going to your website to check out whether or not you're legit. And, you know, is this a thing? Do I really want to show up at my meeting that I committed to <laughs> for next week? And those are the kind of things that they're going to be looking for. And they may or may not show up to next week's meeting because of what they see on the website. Mm -hmm. So that's completely different. So that's one of the things that you can have. There are aspects to a website, depending on who your audience is, the way you have your website set up should be um, kind of canned, if you will. So things that are common right now are things like having your logo on the top left corner. And when they click it, they want to go home, whatever home is. So having a home button on your menu is redundant and it kind of looks amateurish to somebody that knows what they're looking for. So you want to have your logo there. You want it to go home. You don't want a home button on your page. And then you want all of the real estate from left to right to be what's most valuable to you. So your products, your services, what are you charging people for? That comes next. And then there's an array of what happens until contact us and log in. And it's certain things like that, that are aspects of automation that most people don't think of. It's like, I just need to have this stuff up on my website. It's like, well, you kind of need to have it up in a certain way. Mm -hmm. There are a few exceptions to that. And one is if your content goes to millennials or children, um, mm -hmm. which most sites don't really go to children. They go to the parents of the children. So if you're mm -hmm. selling books and you're selling entertainment, it's the parents that are going to be watching the site. Um, not necessarily little kids, um, but those would be the two exceptions because millennials want stuff on their cell phone. They want it chaotic. They want it fast mm -hmm. and crazy and organized. And if your target audience is baby boomers on the other end, baby boomers want to know when they go to a website, I'm going to find what I'm looking for here. I'm going to find what I'm looking for there. I don't want any deviance of it. And if I have to look somewhere else for it, I'm leaving your page. Yep. So yep. Those, those are kind of some of the aspects of it. Now, how you can automate those things. You want a thing called opt-ins, which can be almost anything that you would give away for free, whether it's a document, a white paper, a short video clip, a checklist. Like There's a whole list of things that you can give to people that are snippets 
of an experience with you. It's a chance for them to get to know you, the information that you give, the way you deliver your information, and those things you want to have automated. You do not want to have to come up with a checklist for everybody that comes to your website. (laughs) Right. Right. Unless it's kind of in the form of a quiz or an assessment, in which case that's all done automatically and that's fine too. But if your idea of an opt-in is a discovery call with you, then you're missing the boat because that is not automated. Now I have to book it and then I have to wait for a week because your calendar was booked or my calendar was booked. That's not an opt-in and that's not really automation. They want information. They want to know, are you going to solve my problems for me quickly, effortlessly? Even if you're not really going to solve it, quickly. You might be a logistics company and nothing <laughs> necessarily happens quickly in logistics, yeah. but you're going to try your best to keep them entertained and in the conversation until the thing that they want done gets done. Yeah. So let me try to boil this down, Michelle, because what you're talking about here is somebody comes to your website, they have enough interest to check out what you're doing and they are wanting some connection and some information now and you may not be there you you're not you're not personally monitoring and saying welcome to my website let's have a conversation and nor do you want to nor is that efficient so you have to give them opportunities to engage with you and your business right away and then when they download that free report or watch that short video or whatever the case may be you're capturing information about them. You're getting their email uh, and perhaps additional information. And then further automation kicks in. And that's where tools like Infusionsoft or other marketing automation or email service provider systems come in. The email goes in through a web form and then automated follow-up can happen. And explain that a little bit And then as a follow-up to explaining that, explain how you can get past that feeling of this is robotic, this isn't personal, I do want to connect with somebody. So go ahead and and explain a little bit about that whole lead capture to email automation process. Absolutely. So there's a few ways that your prospects can come in to you. One is through those opt-ins. Another is through purchasing something. So maybe I see your Facebook ad and I click on it and I go to your landing page and and I actually buy something. So now there's an automation of kind of upsells and downsells that you want to take advantage of because if I'm in a buying mode and I click, yes, I want to buy it, then you want to take advantage of that excitement right there, right now, because that's when I'm most apt to buy from you. However, that's also the most expensive time for you as a seller that I'm going to buy from you. Your most profitable package is going to be your back end, which is something that you're going to sell to them later that you can upsell them to. That I'm not necessarily interested in spending that much money with you yet. I just want to get an introduction to you. So you want a way to be able to then automate the process after the sale of getting back in touch with them and saying, hey, how, how are you liking the course? Hey, how are you liking the car? Hey, how are you liking the whatever it is? that they consumed and bought. And by the way, did you also know that we do this, that, and the other thing? And the fun part with Infusionsoft or Keep Max Classic is that it has a logic-based backend, meaning that I know that you bought the how to train your dog package, say, uh, for pets. 
great. So I'm going to go on the gross assumption that you have a dog that is a pet. So all of the campaigns for you after that are going to be like, hey, now that you've taught your dog how to sit and shake paw, are you interested in teaching your dog how to, you know, salsa, (laughs) whatever it is, whatever the up thing is. And you're like, hey, that's a big jump. But that's okay because now you have their attention. Now you can go into those things. And you can cross market them and say, hey, we get it that you have a pet that's a dog. That's awesome. Do you know that we can also teach your cat how to do certain things if you have a cat? And if they click on it, odds are pretty good they also have a cat. If they don't click on it, odds are pretty good they don't have a cat. So now you can start to segregate your audience into different uh, areas, which Fortune 500 companies right now are starting to catch up onto, which is kind of funny. And they call it hyper personalization. To us, it's just getting in touch with your client and being able to market to them with where they're at in the yeah, whole sales listening, process. Listening to what they're interested in, paying attention to them, which is the most uh, personal thing that we as human beings can do to, to understand who they are. I, I have a story about that. A, a bunch of years ago, I had signed up for or actually bought something from an online sporting goods store. I am a fisherman, and so I bought some fishing equipment. And then come fall, all of the emails began to pound me with, hey, it's hunting season. And here's the latest and greatest hunting equipment to go out and bag a turkey and shoot a deer and all, all this stuff. And uh, I'm not a hunter. And You're like, nope, nope. <laughs> and, and I'm not interested. I'd never clicked on anything about hunting. I'd never bought anything about hunting. And to your point, there's nothing wrong with the sporting goods store saying, okay, well, here's this guy, this guy's a fisherman. We're going to send him something and let him know that, Hey, we're also a hunting store. And if he clicks and if he pays attention, that's all good and well, and we'll begin to add that to his profile. But none of that ever happened. It was just, Oh, Springtime is promoting fishing and and warm weather season. Fall is hunting season. So we are going to send everything to everybody every time and just pound them with the same message. And I believe that's the greatest mistake that digital marketers make. Same thing to everybody every time, regardless of their interests and no sense of paying attention and listening to what the prospect is all about. Absolutely. And it's it, it's more important now because people are ignoring so many of those emails and the email providers are trying to figure out, okay, what do you want to get? Because there's no point in us sending all this stuff if nobody wants to get it. So they're looking at how do they get rid of a ton of email going through their systems that are costing them a lot of money that nobody wants anyways. So it gives them a bad name. So they're trying to shut down all of the accounts where you're not actively engaged in your email. But if you're actually buying stuff from that sporting goods store, then you're a client. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we don't want you to leave the right the email list. We still want you on it and you still want to be on it because you want to know when fishing line comes on sale or whatever. Right. 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 And and that's where the conundrum happens is if you're sending, if you're bombarding people with stuff that doesn't apply to them and they don't want it, then you run the risk of having the email systems think you're spam or that you're hard bounced and the clients aren't getting them all sorts of fun, weird thing, technical things happen in the back end that 
you know, no sane person should ever want to vote. <laughs> but That's right. The yeah. fact of the matter is you just want to know that if you can hone in on what your clients want, then it becomes more significant to them. I mean, you could have even done something like, hey, are you into ice fishing? Now, if they're in Florida, it doesn't make sense. And that's why companies want to collect your IP information, your whatever, because we're international, because you get on, I don't know, Tom's fishing list that, you know, you don't want to be, get ice fishing stuff in the middle of Florida, unless they know that that you travel up in the winter to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it leads to a really interesting point that. Hey, we not only want your name and your email, we'd like your address, we'd like your phone number, we'd like you to fill out a survey. And there's an implied promise in that. And the implied Mm -hmm. promise is that if you give us additional information, we will use this information to build a more accurate profile and deliver to you information that is more relevant to you as a result. We won't send you the ice fishing ad if you live in Florida. And, And so many businesses get this wrong on on both ends of the equation on one end of the equation they have heard that oh the more you ask for the less people sign up and so they'll only ask for email address or they'll only ask for first name and email address well that is a mistake if you have the capacity to act on that information that you receive on the flip side there are those businesses that will gather all of this information And then they won't do anything with it or they'll flat out ignore it. I think I told you a story uh, some time ago when we we were talking that um, way back when, when the internet was just getting started, online e-commerce was just getting started, there was an online drugstore that when you signed up for this online drugstore, you had to fill out like a whole medical history just to register for this. No online drugstore would do this now, but it was the early days of the internet and there I don't know why they did it because as you'll see in a moment, they didn't use it. So I heard a guy giving a speech and he told the story of, I filled this thing out. And among the things that I said in this, you know, thing that was like similar to a five page written medical history was I'm allergic to aspirin. This guy said he was allergic to aspirin. Next time he logged into the site after filling out this registration form on the front page, front banner of the site was a sale uh, ad promoting a sale for Anison. Isn't that an aspirin product? And so he thought, well, maybe it's, you know, maybe they'll they'll figure it out. And so he tested it. He put the anison in the shopping cart. No warning that said, hey, dude, you're allergic. And he thought, well, maybe when I try to check out, they'll tell me. And he went, checked out, dropped five bucks or whatever the little jar of anison cost on sale, save money on it. And <laughs> And you too no can one, go into anaphylactic shock for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and no one, no one in the site, the robots running the site, never said, "Dude, uh, you don't want to buy this stuff. It's gonna put you in, into shock." And his point is the point that that I'm making here that that if you gather this information and ask for it, you darn well better use it for the benefit of the client. And if you have the capacity to track whether I click on the hunting ad or the fishing ad, you better darn well use it. And that's what, that's the power of marketing automation done well. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a fallacy out there that people don't want to give information. It's Mm. not true. And why 
Google doesn't have a better PR system on this. I have no idea. Nobody wants you gathering their information and hoarding it. That's just creepy and nasty and selling it and using it against you to, to manipulate stuff. That's just creepy. So we all get that. However, when it comes to something like this, if that pharmacy had actually used it to create a concierge experience for their, for their audience, for their clientele, you would have been giving them information all day because you don't want to have it screw up. So that's where automation becomes almost vital is because that's where people screw up. People screw up on the details. People drop information. They go, oh, right, yeah, that thing contradicts with that thing. Whereas if you just put a whole bunch of chemicals into a spreadsheet, it'll sort and filter and do all sorts of funky stuff to say, mm -hmm. hey, these two don't go together. Warning, warning, warning. Mm -hmm. You know, have you talked to your doctor? Have you done this? You can still buy it. We're not going to stop you because it might be for your wife or your sister or your brother, but, you know, we can put up the warnings too. And right. that then creates an experience for somebody that no other pharmacy is doing, which you then you're going, yeah, now to be able to set the intricacies of that up in a tech world, would <laughs> be pretty expensive, but it is possible. It is and possible. it creates an awesome experience. Now, yeah, bringing that down a level, even if you're a restaurant, even if you're a coach, you can totally have the concierge experience with for somebody and say, hey, I'd like to collect a little bit more data so that I'm writing to you and it's pertinent to you. Is that okay? So that you're not getting all my email. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please do. Yeah. And, and that's a great segue into something I wanted to talk about with you, which is that combination of using marketing automation tools and the real human and personal touch. So you use the example, you mentioned coaches, a lot of coaches, consultants, small business owners, so forth, who listen to this, this show. And, and somebody clicks on something in an email to indicate their interest in X, Y, and Z. Well, at some point in the sales consultation process, you may be having a conversation with people, or you may be writing a one-to-one -one email as, as opposed to something that's being shot out automatically by an email system. And that is when the information that you've gathered, the things that they've told you in a chat bot, the responses that, um, the, or the, the data that you've collected in a, in a form can be really valuable. If you have information that's come in through any of those means, then when you pick up the phone and say, oh, hey, Michelle, yeah, you know, thanks for filling out that form. Thanks for downloading the report. I see that you're interested in X, Y, Z, you know, let's talk about that. And now you, now you are adding that personal touch as opposed to what Nick, the, the sleazy appointment setter did, which was to pretend that he was interested in me and to grab a couple of personal details, but it was just, as I said, window dressing. So I'd love to talk about how some of in your own business or how some of your clients are combining the power of the marketing automation engine with the personal touches that can be so important in sales and in client support. Well, absolutely. And there's a myriad of different ways. And in totally depends on what your business is, who your ideal client is, what their ideal journey is as to how you want to set this up. And in my humble opinion, you want to do it as easily and cleanly as possible so that you're taking 
your least amount of resources in order to create the most amount of clients. <laughs> so if, yeah, you, right. if you do that well, you're actually creating a more efficient company that people love to deal with and they're more apt to refer to other people because they love that experience for whatever it was. Yeah. So one of the things that one of our clients has is they have they want to separate their clientele into where they're at in their business journey. So are you just starting out? You think you might have an idea and it might come to fruition at some point in time, but there's a whole lot of if-thens. Then you move up to, yeah, I've done this thing and a couple of people are interested in it and we're working on this thing. Yeah, I have a total working engine. This is awesome. And to the top end, absolutely, we do affiliate marketing all the time. And these are our numbers. We know them inside out, upside down, and backwards, and we know how to manipulate them. Those four groups are very distinct groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have four different sets of problems. They have four different sets of solutions. They need handholding in four completely different ways. But they all need handholding, right? So the person that's up at the front that's just starting to do it, it's like, okay, come, come to this coaching call and we're going to work with you to be able to draw out of you what you're most passionate about, what you're most excited about, what you have the most experience in, what's most likely to jam for our clientele and help you to to clarify your business plans quicker, easier, faster, so that when you go to the course, you're having clear communication with other people. Would that help you? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Book the coaching call. And then in the coaching call, they're actually coaching. (laughs) So you're you're actually doing that one-on-one experience that they want and going, wow, you get me. This is awesome. Now at the top end, you have people that have been doing this for years. They've got automated systems. Everything's great. What they need is their handheld when it comes to connections. And it's like, would it be a good introduction for you know me to introduce you to Tom? And if the answer is yes, great, I will make a personal introduction to Tom off my cell phone with my name going, yo, dude, so he knows it's me, <laughs> yeah. whatever the case might be. That's the whole hand-holding, but it's not about clarifying your business plans and any of that stuff. Right. Right. So there's being able to put people through a... Um, a quiz or an assessment before they even go to uh, the free three-day course helps them to be able to create a level of communication that they wouldn't have otherwise. It helps them to explain things that they don't have to keep explaining in front of the entire group because it becomes monotonous. Uh, It stops them from having to have three different courses before that one three-day event so that everybody's speaking the same language. Right. This way, that whole automation process is clear, concise. Everybody's got the same languaging. Everybody's had their hand held by real human beings before it even starts. And they are all jazzed to be there for the three-day event. So you're not having people drop out and say, oh, I didn't know it was going to be like that, you know, and all the issues that people having three-day events have. Yep. There is a ton of strategic and tactical wisdom in what you just laid out for the last two or three minutes. So mark this point in the podcast, (laughs) rewind, listen again, take notes implement. Uh, Michelle just laid some gold on us. Uh, I want to share with you something I do that's um, with Infusionsoft and an example of that that intersection between marketing automation and uh, personalization. So uh, I have a, a few different lead magnets, a few different opportunities for people to uh, experience some of my expertise. I have a short video, seven minute video training that people can access on my website. I have a uh, thing about the the 
five hall of fame advertisements in the storytelling hall of fame and, and lessons that you can learn from them and so forth. So people come to my site, they find those things, they enter their email to download them and in to Infusionsoft or keep goes their name and their email. And that triggers automatically a set of emails. Now, the thing about those emails is that they are written in a way, they're written as text-only emails in a way that doesn't look like this is a commercial email with big banners and hard pitches and so on and so forth. They, The first email they get is, hey, thanks for downloading this. Um, wondering what do you find to be the greatest challenge that you experience when it comes to marketing and storytelling? Let me know, Tom. Okay. So, so many hundreds of people over the course of weeks and, and months are going to download that free thing. And then they are going to get that email. And yes, it's automated, but it is honestly personal. It is me saying to them, thank you. Me saying to them, tell me what's on your mind. And Compare that to 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 Nick. I wrote to Nick. I replied, "Hey, hey, Nick. You asked me, you know, you asked me about work life balance. Here's work life balance." And I knew, of course, he wasn't going to reply. He had no interest in me and work life balance. But when I send an email that says, "Hey, what are you uh, what are you struggling with?" If they reply, they get a personal reply from me, and now I've begun a one-to-one conversation. And there's a series of emails in that automation. One asks this question, another says, hey, I wanted to share with you an additional gift. Hey, if you're interested, you can book some time with me. It's a series of steps that, again, things branch off based on how they interact. But I am recognizing that if they reply to me, if they want to connect with me, if they engage with me, this is now a personal thing. I'm making human connections. They're fueled and they're automated and they're more scalable because of Keep, because of Infusionsoft. But I'm not taking the human element out of it. In fact, I'm bringing the human element into it as soon as the human being on the other side says, hey, I, I do want to talk to you. And that's the difference. That's, to me, uh, where these things strike, uh, you, you strike a balance. And what you were talking about before was, was very, very similar, I think. Well, and you know, you've written your emails well, when they're broadcast emails, when people respond back with, hey, thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. I've sent out mass emails before that had the banners, that had the everything, that had the signature, but I still get people coming back going, oh, that was so nice of you to think of me. What made you think that? And I reply back, go, hey, the, <laughs> fantastic. Well, you know, because you're doing this. It's like, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. I had to think on my feet pretty fast and go, why did I? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, That's I made a marketing automation. <laughs> I made a marketing automation mistake a few months back. And the mistake was that... Um, the, the automation I described, in fact, if somebody is already a client, I don't send them that series of emails because that series of emails has 
little invitations to go to a, a call with me. And, and really it's designed to engage people who don't know me, who aren't clients and, and, and bring them through uh, a sales process. And I had made the mistake of launching one of those without including the caveat, which is easy to implement that, oh, if they're tagged as a client in my database, don't send them this automation. It's easy so, to do with Keep. <laughs> it's not necessarily easy to do with a lot of other software. Exactly. It's why true. we're advocates. Um, exactly. And and um, so in this case, a client of mine was on my website, saw this new lead magnet that I had launched and, and got it. Great. It's valuable to him even after he's been through a whole lot of stuff with me. And then he got the follow-up emails that I didn't want to send. And he replied to one and he said, oh, thanks, Tom, for asking. And then he wrote, is this you, Tom, or is this part of some automation? He really wasn't sure. sure. And I said, That's a good sign. Yeah. That's a very and, good sign. And I said, you know, um, thanks for asking that. And I admitted the mistake, but that's the point. And, and yeah, it's, it's automated and robotic, but it doesn't have that robotic quality and feel and taste to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah yes. And, and a lot of big things that people can do to make those better, <laughs> I could say yeah. good, but to make yeah. it better is just to recognize one that every email is written is read by one person. It's not written by your entire audience. It's right. read by me. It's read by Tom. And yeah. <laughs> at least write it so that you're writing to one person going, say, hey, you guys, <laughs> we're doing this. Uh, Y'all want to come? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, there's, there's one of me and I'm reading this. Whereas if it's like, hey, we're doing this thing and we really thought you'd be interested in it, then at least then when I'm reading it, I feel like there's, you know, you're talking to me, not all these people that are in my room, which I'm going, either you know about my imaginary friends or you're not really writing this to me. Yeah. Yeah. And one one more note that I would add, and it was implied in the story that I told, is that every email that you send should be replyable. It, yes. it, if if the if the person who receives it replies it shouldn't go into the ether it should be their their play in a real human conversation and you know it there's nothing worse mm -hmm. than getting some automated email or it happens all the time on LinkedIn, you connect with somebody on LinkedIn and boom, you get pounded instantly with the automated, Hey, you know, uh, you ought to go check out my this or that, or buy my product. And, and then you reply and say, yeah, not interested in the, this or that, or the product at this point, but there were things about your profile that interest me. And Hey, how about a conversation? Or I have a question for you and you send that and it just goes out, you know, no reply. No. Yeah. And and there are ways to systemize and automate it, right? You can create um, rules for things that you know are automated. 
right? You know that an out of office reply is an automated reply. There's no point right. in <laughs> there's no point in anybody looking at that. That's okay. So exactly. we can create rules to get rid of that. Then you can have somebody that you know is earning power is a lot less than yours going through your email and looking for the responses that are systematic. And by that, I mean, if you've ever answered somebody in the same or three people in the exact same way, then somebody else can take that on and then reply in that way yep. without having to have a, a robot in there. Or you could, depending on how, on how bad it is. And sometimes by how bad it is, is sometimes they go, well, what are your hours of operation? That can be a, it's this, right? You yep. can automate that. But if it's, you know, you need some um, heavy duty uh, artificial intelligence, intelligence to parse yeah. the email messages and to know what's going on. But you're right, it can be done. But then there's the, hey, Tom, you know, Sally's back in town. Do you want to come visit her? Well, obviously, you forward that on to Tom and go, Tom, you might want to answer this one yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what, what you just described um, is, really critical, especially when you reach a certain volume of interaction with prospects and clients and you're getting a bunch of emails. So uh, people who listen to the show, read my my emails and my blogs, know that one of my marketing mentors is a guy named Dave D. And Dave does exactly what you were just describing, Michelle. He has his assistant read the emails that come in and if it's clearly, hey, Dave needs to answer this, Dave answers it. But if it's part of a collection of very common questions, 15, 20, 30 different questions that are commonly asked, then what she'll do is she'll make that determination and she'll send a reply under Dave's name from Dave. And here's the important thing. Dave wrote the email. It's not like Michelle is pretending to be Dave. Dave wrote the email, and so she's cutting and pasting. That is exactly what you were talking about. It, it, I've had conversations with Dave where um, <laughs> I've learned after the fact that it was from her, and that doesn't offend me because all Dave is doing at that point is scaling his business. If, exactly. if somebody says to me, Tom, how do I do X, Y, or Z, and it's a commonly asked question, hmm. I'm going to – I'm going to – I have – I do it more manually, but in Gmail, which is my email system, I have a whole set of templated emails that I just, oh, somebody asked me this. Here's yeah. the template. Well, and so you should, right? Even when people want to be a guest on my show, I have a whole, they're going to want to know. They're going to want to know. It's an audio and video. How long is it? All that stuff. So all of that is a cut and paste. And nobody cares because at that point, they just want the information. They right. don't want it personalized. They just want the information. And that's the key indicator to everybody. What do you automate and what don't you? Is right. if people just want the information, get them the information. If they want creativity and connection, give them creativity and connection. Bingo. It's Bingo. your job to know where those two <laughs> lines happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, Michelle, how can people find you? And what is it that would be a great entry point for people to begin to learn from you, interact with you, all that kind of stuff. Where should they go? They can go to my bot chat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding not. If they go to the website at awarenessstrategies.com, we have uh, website audits for them. We have marketing assessments that they can do. We have all sorts of fun stuff for them to, to start to figure out kind of where they're at in their business and what point 
automation should, could have in there so that they can take that mullet over, work with their team and go, hey, these are the things we got to work on. Or you can um, book a discovery call with me and go, hey, we went over this. And how do you think we should go from here? And I'm happy to have those discussions. Love having strategy calls. Awesome. And so that's awareness strategies, plural, awarenessstrategies.com. And uh, what social platforms are you on and, and connecting with people on? I am on, I want to say everything, but I don't watch everything. <laughs> so I'm not uh-huh. on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. So if it's Michelle Nedelec, you can find me. Uh, other than Facebook, I am michelle.nedelec1 because Facebook found it in their infinite wisdom that because I was the first person, on Michelle Nedelec on Facebook, that I should lose my capacity. I didn't quite understand that one. But other than that, I'm Michelle Nedelec. LinkedIn, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok now. Uh, Outstanding. So all of those, all of those links will be in the show notes. And you also have a podcast. Tell us about the podcast. I do. I actually have five podcasts, but I'll tell you about the business ownership podcast is for entrepreneurs that are wanting to learn how to grow and then scale their businesses. We have awesome conversations like this about resources that are there for entrepreneurs to help them to, to grow and scale their businesses. Beautiful. So by the way, five podcasts, you don't do that unless you know how to how to automate your marketing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or you're a little crazy and, you know, yeah. both might count. <laughs> yeah. Any parting thoughts? Yes, absolutely. No matter where you are in business, no, rule number one, have fun with it. Rule number two, get all the stuff off your plate that's not in your wheelhouse. And rule number three, just feel free to fall on your face as often as you can. I promise, I promise, I promise you'll get back up and you'll look better for it. So It's not like real life. It's just business falling on your face. It's all good. Exactly. Exactly. Michelle, thank you so much. Had a blast with you. And uh, I I really appreciate everything you do and appreciate your wisdom. And our paths will continue to cross. Thanks so much. Thank you. So long. listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.